Hello, my name is Ron Howrigan and I'm the president of Fulcrum Strategies, a healthcare consulting company. This is the first in a series of podcasts where we're going to investigate healthcare in the United States, how we got here, where it's headed, and more importantly, how we can fix things. Before we get started with that, maybe it's useful to give you a little bit of my background. Answer the burning question, why should I listen to this guy? I've worked in the healthcare field for over 30 years now, spending about the first half of my career working for various insurance companies, Cigna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Kaiser Permanente, and then the second half consulting with physicians and hospitals all over the country. So I have seen both the finance and the delivery side of healthcare. I understand how the payers work and what happens when a physician walks into an exam room and deals with a patient one patient at a time. My educational background is a master's in economics, so I believe I have a pretty good understanding of the economic impact that healthcare has not only in our country, but in the rest of the world. And I'm a small business owner. For the last 13 years, I've owned a consulting company, and I understand the impact that healthcare has on small businesses as they try to struggle to pay for very expensive benefits for their employees. And finally, on a personal note, my oldest son has autism. And so I've seen the very real impact it has on people when a loved one needs something in the healthcare environment but doesn't have insurance that covers it because most of the therapies my son needs are considered not medically necessary and therefore come right out of my pocket. So on the, I won't pretend to say that I have all of the answers. Anyone who does so is either trying to sell you something or is lying to you. But I do think I know what questions should be asked. And I think I've got some good ideas about how they might be answered. If nothing else, it is my hope that these podcasts will spark a discussion, a conversation, a debate, if you will, because we need a whole lot more of that if we're going to find the solutions to what's going on in healthcare these days. So in this podcast, I want to do a little bit of setting the stage, setting a framework that we can build from for the rest of the podcast. Everybody knows that healthcare has been in the news for over the last decade, from the signing of the Affordable Care Act to the discussions about what many people now call Trump care or, or a repeal and replace or whatever you want to call it. There's been an awful lot of media attention to this, but very few people truly understand just how big healthcare is, just how much, how much in trouble it is, and what could happen if we don't fix it. So let's, let's talk about that little, a little bit and let's set the stage a bit. Now, as any good economist, I love numbers. And I'll try to keep these numbers to a minimum because I understand the narcolepsy that happens when you throw too many numbers at somebody. But there are some statistics and some numbers that are truly, truly important, and we need to understand them. First of all, we need to get a sense of just how big is the healthcare environment in this country. And the numbers are a bit staggering. So let's put that in perspective. Taking healthcare as a portion of the total economy or how much of gross domestic product gets spent on healthcare. And let's take a look at what that looks like and what it trends at. In 1960, healthcare consumed just 5% of the U.S. economy. Five cents out of every dollar that transacted was spent on healthcare. Today, that number is approaching 20%. We have gone from 5% of the U.S. economy to almost one out of every $5 being spent on healthcare. That is an incredible inflation rate. Another way to take a look at that is to look at that in real dollars. The United States, States spends almost $3 trillion a year on healthcare in our country alone. To give some perspective to that, if our healthcare economy was a country, and an entire economy for a country, it would be the fifth largest economy in the world, just behind Germany 
and ahead of Great Britain, Great Britain and France. That's right, we spend more money on healthcare in this country than Great Britain spends in their entire economy. At this pace, if we keep inflating at this pace, 50% of the U.S. economy will be devoted to healthcare by the year 2060. Now, every economist worth their salt will tell you that can't happen. The economy breaks well before that. But that's the train wreck that's ahead of us. That's the path that we're on. Let's take a minute and talk about what impact this has on the U.S. government. Everybody almost... Everybody uniformly believes that running deficits that we're running now and the national debt is a serious issue, and largely the national debt is a function of what's happening in healthcare. In 1998, not that long ago, healthcare consumed 19% of all the tax revenue that came into the federal government, less than 20%. Today, it's over 30% of all tax revenue, so almost one out of every $3 of tax revenue has to get spent on healthcare at the federal level. Another way to put that in perspective is to take a look at the 2016 federal bu budget. The government takes in, in 2016, took in about $2.99 trillion in revenue, $3 trillion in revenue. Social Security and unemployment accounted for $1.31 trillion. Healthcare, $1 trillion. The Defense Department, $541 billion. You add up defense, unemployment, Social Security, and healthcare and you come up with $2.85 trillion. That means that the amount of money left over to, to run the rest of the government, everything else the federal government has to do is $140 billion. That's it. The point there is you're never going to fix the deficit problem. You're never going to stop running deficits until you can attack one of those three or probably all of those three. That gets very difficult to try to drive money out of defense, healthcare, and social security. The impact on business is also extremely dramatic in this country. Recently, in an interview, Warren Buffett was asked what the biggest burden on American business was. And the interviewer said that he expected the answer to be something about taxation or regulation. And Warren said, absolutely not. It's not taxation. It's not regulation. It's health care. And then the way that only Warren can, he said, health care is the tapeworm on American business. And his point was that in this country, we're spending so much on health care that in a world economy, in a competitive economy, it's really hamstringing American businesses, and it's going to have to change. The last time we saw an environment like we see today, with trends that are unsustainable, with a complex financing situation, with consumers being allowed to overpurchase, with a belief that it just was too big to fail, that it can't happen, the last time all of those things took place was in 2007 with the housing market, right before it crashed. Now, it's important to take a look at that because it was a very similar environment. We had unsustainable trends, complex financing, consumers were allowed to overpurchase, there was a belief that it would never fail because mortgages had never failed, and it all did fail. And we see much of that same situation today, except healthcare is much bigger than the housing industry. Healthcare in this country today is about three times the size of the entire construction industry, of which housing was only one part. In 2008, when the housing market crashed, the housing industry lost 40% of its jobs from peak to valley. If that happened in healthcare today, we would shed 7.2 million jobs. That's more than the entire auto industry put together. That would create an immediate bump in unemployment of over 5% increase from current levels. 
We've not seen those levels since the Great Depression. And many economists think that that would start to cause a death spiral. I won't go into all the, all the rationale or all the explanations of a death spiral, but suffice it to say, it's when the economy starts feeding on itself. Unemployment begets more unemployment. Inflation begets more inflation. The last time a major economy saw that death spiral was post-World War I uh, Germany. They saw hyperinflation like we've never seen it before. To give you an idea of how bad that was, in post-World War I Germany, in 1921, it took 90 Deutschmarks to equal $1. Two years later, in 1923, it took 4.2 trillion marks to equal $1. That is not a typo. I did not misspeak. 4.2 trillion Deutschmarks to equal $1. That's what happens when an economy spirals into the death spiral. So what does all this mean? Other than keeping me up at night and hopefully not keeping you up at night, it means that we have to understand the foundation of where we are if we're going to start to dissect the problem, diagnose it, and hopefully prescribe a cure. The conclusions to all this are, we are on a path to disaster. This will correct itself. I know a lot of surgeons who are fond of saying that all bleeding stops, sometimes when the patient dies. I've got a good friend of mine who's a pilot who's fond of telling me that all planes land. Now, sometimes that's when they crash. And as an economist, I can tell you that all trends like what we're seeing in healthcare eventually correct themselves. They did it in the housing market in 2008, and if we don't do something about healthcare, they'll do it here. But this will be much worse. So what follows is a series of podcasts where I'm going to examine the problem, break it up into pieces, talk about how we got here, and hopefully some theories about how we can fix it. We're going to deal with facts and we're going to deal with truths in these podcasts. Try not to deal with opinions. Facts and truths are important things. So I will leave you with this. Facts are stubborn things. And whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. And finally, truth is like poetry. Unfortunately, most people hate poetry. Thank you for your time and attention. I hope that you'll find these podcasts interesting and insightful. And as always, Be well and be safe.